This podcast, number 842 with Don Wiener, is brought to you by Justin Donald, author of a new book entitled The Lifestyle Investor, The Ten Commandments for Cash Flow Investing for Passive Income and Financial Freedom. Justin is someone who has spent years attempting to figure out the best investments that can create a passive income and create financial freedom. And in his new book, he gives the readers an insight on what to do and what to avoid when it comes to investing. If you want to learn more about Justin Donald, his new book, blog, podcast, and mastermind course, please visit his website at www.justindonald, that's J-U-S-T-I-N-D-O-N-A-L-D.com. And now for our featured podcast, I'm sure you'll enjoy listening to my interview with Don Wiener about his new book entitled, Building an Elite Organization. Happy listening. Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voison, the host of Inside Personal Growth. And Don, as I do every time I come on these shows, I tell all my authors, they sound like a broken record. But, you know, there's 300,000 plus listeners on a regular basis, and we just really appreciate them. Um, we appreciate the comments they make from these, and we're going to encourage them to make even more comments. Um, and we have Don Werner on us, and I want to make sure I'm saying your last name correct. Is that correct? Or do you say? Winner. 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 Okay. You are a winner. That's for certain. <laughs> um, and Don's going to be talking with us today about building an elite organization, which is his new book. And it's, I think, up there in the corner. Uh, if he had a copy, I don't have an actual copy. I have a PDF. Uh, do you want to get that book real quick and kind of just flip it in front of the screen so that our listeners can actually see? Okay. This, I will tell you, I went through this whole book. D Don has not just put everything in about how to build an elite organization, but tons of references, uh, great books to read, his mentors, people that he's followed. Um, I know EOS is in there because I know the guys that started EOS, they've been on the show. So, you know, a lot of his techniques that he's using, he's actually pulled from all of these resources, but he's put it in one place. And I don't think there's one book out there that really does that because everybody's kind of got their own little individual deal. And he's built a, a huge organization. Let me tell you just a, a tad about Don. Um, he runs a, an organization that is around the real estate business. And he, he started an entrepreneur early, but we're going to let him tell that story. Um, but he is the founder and CEO of DLP Real Estate Capital, which is a multifaceted company uh, that leads and inspires building the wealth and prosperity through the exigation of innovative real estate solutions. And he's going to have more time to talk about that and his book. But Don, just to kind of kick this off, you know, you were an entrepreneur very early in your life. You talked in the book about the story with it, getting the, the Twinkies in the bag and then reselling them. Um, tell the listeners a little about your defining moments that really got you where you are today because you built an enormous organization, uh, not only in revenues coming in from the real estate size, but numbers of people in a very short period of time. And it, it takes a lot of systems, procedures, dedication to get there. 
Um, but you have an interesting educational story and background. So I think our listeners would like to know a little bit more about that. So tell us a little bit more about the journey. Yeah, love to, Greg. Thank you. Um, it was donuts, not Twinkies, but I'll, well, I'll get Sorry. that in a, in a second. So, um, so yeah, so I grew up in, uh, in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania area, which is about an hour north of uh, Philadelphia, uh, Bethlehem Steel, Lehigh University area. Uh, Martin Guitar, a couple reference points, because not that many people have probably been to Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, listening in. Um, but and on this in- day of our inauguration, the yes. home state of Joe Biden, too. Sure so yes, I think I our country, I mean, I'm looking at the market this morning. It certainly is rallying. It rallied yesterday again, and I'm sure real estate is a big one. But Pennsylvania has a really interesting background because, you know, you look at just our election here in the <laughs> what just went on. So you were, you're in a very controversial state. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, yes, indeed. So, um, so yeah, so Beth, yeah, and that's where I grew up most of my life. I live in St. Augustine, Florida today is my, my primary home, but still have a home back in, in Bethlehem. But uh-huh. I always grew up, grew up there to young parents, meaning my parents were uh, 16 years old when I was born. I'm the oldest of wow. uh, five. And um, I grew up in a, you know, working, um, you know, uh, I think that the, the nice word to say, lower middle class family. Um, my mom ran a home daycare in my home growing up and my father was a prison guard and, and, uh, in, in short. And, um, and so when I was about, uh, five years old, I was in kindergarten and, uh, my parents at that point were uh, unfortunately divorced and I was living with my father and he started throwing these, uh, donuts, uh, there's little six pack of right. uh, hostess donuts, the little those chocolate donuts. ones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. So he yeah. must've bought like a whole box of them <laughs> or something. And he started throwing them into my uh, lunch bag. Right. And, uh, uh, I don't know if it was the first or the second day that he did this, that a lot of kids, you know, wanted donuts and, um, wanted to trade for donuts. And what I started doing instead of trading their, for their, you know, their, their apple or their chips or whatever the case, I started selling them the donuts for 50 cents a piece. Um, so I started making, you know, $3 per uh, package of donuts. And my father kept sending these donuts. I kept asking for them every day and days and weeks went on of him sending me these donuts and, and me walking home with, you know, $3 and in, in, in quarters. Um, that is until the school found out um, ended my uh, supply <laughs> all my dad and, and I no longer had this free uh, unlimited supply of donuts, but it was the uh, you know, kind of start of the, the entrepreneurial yeah. uh, spirit. Um, and that led to throughout my childhood, you know, running multiple different uh, small businesses um, from a you know, landscape uh, business through my you know, middle school and early high school years to, uh, you know, to, 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 to many things early on in my, my career that, I, that I'll get into. But um, all along, as, as I went down this path and had this entrepreneurial spirit, I was you know, growing up as a oldest at the time of four um, in, a, in a family with very limited uh, means. And in eighth grade, um, I still remember this uh, vividly, we had a career day like you know, many eighth graders do. And a bunch of different professionals came in to talk about what they do and, and tell you about different career paths. And one gentleman came in. And he was an independent financial advisor. Mm-hmm. And he showed us this little chart, um, this little uh, a laminated chart he gave us that showed financial advisors made more money than doctors, lawyers, accountants, you know, CPAs, all the jobs your parents tell you you should do. And he talked about how he was, you know, kind of running his own business and serving his own clients. And 
Um, and I thought, man, that is the career for me. I'm good at math. I'm entrepreneurial, get to be in charge, make more money than any other profession. I was sold. Um, and I started shadowing financial advisors in eighth grade. And um, that's what I was set on doing. Um, went to college at Drexel University with a degree in finance, took some you know, interesting jobs at big accounting firms like McGladry and Poland, BlackRock, Merrill Lynch, et cetera, um, getting different experience. But all along, I was getting my licenses, determined I was going to be an independent financial advisor. Um, and that is until I, uh, I would wait tables on the weekends to support my way through uh, college and, and actually through high school as I moved out of my parents' house while I was in high school. And uh, as I did that, I had a, a gentleman who came into one of the restaurants I was working at on the weekends and convinced me to come come work for him. And his business was ADT Security. You know, little little blue security signs we've all, all seen around yeah. there. And yeah. my job was was a very simple job in a way. I didn't really know what my job was when I took it. All I knew is that Nathan, who was the uh, who's was the owner of the company, who would come into the restaurant I worked at, told me I would make two thousand dollars a week if I came to work for him. And I was 19 going on 20 years old at the time and $2,000 a week sounded pretty good. Yeah. Um, quickly found out that my job was knocking on you know, doors, selling ADT. Exactly. So <laughs> selling security houses, systems. Sell home security systems. Exactly. Yeah. And I, and I think largely because Nathan gave me this expectation that I'm supposed to earn $2,000 a week. My first paycheck was 5280 bucks, um, And that was one of my worst paychecks. Um, so in short, my magic formula was I knocked on a lot of doors. I knocked on more doors than probably anybody else and uh, became the number one sales rep in the country for ADT. And um, so I was, you know, making six, seven, eight, nine thousand dollars every two weeks. Not bad while you're in college. Um, and uh, Nathan happened to be in real estate. He was a real estate salesperson at Keller Williams Real Estate. And he was, you know, kind of your prototypical kind of, you know, visionary entrepreneur, his hands in a lot of different things. And um, and I'd come over to his house, you know, Friday, um, and when he'd write, you know, Friday every week or every other week, whenever he'd write out my, my check. And I remember writing me out my check for, you know, $6,000 or something to that effect. And I saw on his desk, he had a $17,000 check and a $20,000 check, which were commissions on real estate sales. And I said, wow, how, how did you, how did you earn that? And he said, and he started telling me about his real estate business. And he said, right. oh, you can sell, sell alarm systems. You can sell real estate. And that was the big moment when I entered the, the real estate industry, you know, about 15 years ago. So, well, it's quite uh, a story. I mean, when you look at it, I mean, there's a lot of similarities actually between things that you did and things that I did. Uh, the number of doors I've, I've knocked on, and I can <laughs> tell you the number of shoes that I've worn out in the process of knocking on doors and the education that I got by doing that. And I think that's the most important thing is how to deal with people. And, you know, when you build a big company, you got to deal with lots of people, you know, like you have. And you state that being this entrepreneur has entrepreneur has many challenges. And you realize early on the business to become successful, you needed an operating system. And uh, you now have how many employees working? A little over 400. Okay. So 400 employees and you've done this in how long? Uh, 15 years. Okay. So 15 years. Now that's quite a success story because lots of entrepreneurs never get to 400 employees. You know, they'd be lucky if they get to 10 employees, right? So, you know, systems are the important part of this and everybody's looking for a system. I mentioned earlier EOS. 
um, you know, uh, Gina Wickman and Mark and all those guys there, they've done a great job. Obviously, the company's been bought out by a financial uh, firm. But the point is, is you've borrowed from a lot of these things and a lot of books that you've read to put it together, um, which is comprised of four quadrants, you call it. You call it strategy, people, operations, acceleration. I'd like for you to speak with the listeners about the system, because here you are as this young entrepreneur, you saw how these people made money, you started doing this yourself in real estate. It certainly didn't start with 400 people, probably started with you and a couple of folks, and just you and maybe one folk, and then it continued to grow. So tell us a little bit about that growth and the systems that you've actually been able to build. Yeah, That's what this whole book's about. It, it is it, well, well said. And, and, you know, b- before I explain the exact system, you know, it actually works out really, really nice to kind of where I, where I let off to kind of getting into real estate and, and uh, kind of explain how this system came, came to be. So, you know, I was 20 years old is when I entered real estate. It was October, 2006, which happened to be the peak of the real estate market in Bethlehem, mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. That's when the market peak was the month I got my real estate license. And, um, and so I joined a Keller Williams real estate office and I remember vividly about a month into my real estate business, I had my sit down with the team leader, which is the you know manager of that office with about 150 real estate agents in that office, some of the top real estate agents in the, in the state. And I remember telling the gentleman who ran that office, he asked me, you know, what are your goals and, and so forth? I said, well, I'm going to become the number one agent in this office. And he laughed me out of his office, um, told me that I, I have no understanding how real estate works. It takes a long time to build a business, to build relationships, that a lot of agents have been doing this for 10, 20 years. And maybe, you know, maybe a decade from now that's possible, but that, that was silly, basically. And um, I, you know, did, didn't, you know, that, that was a heck of a heck of a motivator. And, um, and so I started going out there and my marketing message from when I entered real estate was your home sold in 68 days guaranteed or I'll buy it. And I was marketing that message, you know, uh, aggressively in every which way you can imagine and uh, started getting a lot of people contacting me. And quickly, I realized that what I needed to be doing as a salesperson running as a real estate agent, I needed to be in front of clients as much as possible. So I was only in real estate for two or three months when I hired my first full-time assistant. Mm-hmm. I hired her to be part-time, but by her second week, she was full-time. And then a month later, I had to hire a second full-time assistant. And then three or four months later, I hired two agents to help me handle all the clients I was working with. So, you know, by 2007, I had, you know, three or four people, uh, very small businesses, as you said. Um, and all the way back then, you know, I was thirst, thir- had an amazing thirst for, for knowledge, for information. And I realized that the real estate industry was unique and that there's 1.2 million real estate agents in America. I mean, there's a million people trying to do the same job, right? There's mm-hmm. other people who figured it out. There's other people who've been successful, so I would travel all over the country trying to learn from them, figure out what they did, what worked for them, and started searching for information from all these great leaders that, that you know you mentioned I referenced in the book, the Jim Collins of the world and the John Maxwells and Gina Wickman, as you mentioned, and, and a lot of these great authors and thought leaders of, of, uh, on, on the concepts of, from you know, leadership to management to marketing to sales, um, you name did it. You, and, did you ever get involved with the fairies or Joe Stump yeah, or any of those yep, people? Exactly. All so those both guys, of them yep. are clients of mine. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. so you know, Perry and now his, his kids and, and, uh, right, right, and, right, uh, right. Yeah, Joe, Joe Stump and Bob Corcoran and all right. these real estate coaches. Yeah. I joined all these networks. I figured you were in those. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. They're, they're great. And, and it was an amazing way to, to gain knowledge. And, but 
all these different networks and relationships that I've built and so forth have been incredibly impactful, but, but nearly as impactful, I'd say, or maybe even arguably more impactful for me has been books. And um, right. I personally read uh, around three books a week all, all, via Audible. Uh, I'm constantly looking to consume information. And um, I remember about um, nine years ago, I guess it was probably now, I read Gino Wickman, who I consider a friend, uh, his book, Traction, his first kind of big book. And right learned the EOS system. And it was so incredible to me because it was the first time I saw somebody put a lot of the pieces together in a clear way that not only that I knew a lot of the concepts already, but that my leadership team could understand and could implement. And and that was really impactful. So we immediately went and implemented EOS into, into our organization. Did you um, become an EOS implementer yourself? Um, I went through all of his courses. Okay. Yeah, I signed up. He had a base camp program where you right. could go in and become an implementer and get certified. So yeah, I did all that. I never uh, did it for the purpose of implementing for others, but to implement for ourselves. So I self-implemented right. for ourselves. Um, I was just so passionate to put it into, into motion. And then, you know, but I think I want to point out to the listeners as they're hearing you, your your strong desire and passion for continual learning. You know, people always ask me. I've been doing this show fourteen years, eight hundred and fifty podcasts. Why do you keep doing it? Um, and, you know, a lot of people would have given up a long time ago. Um, I see people that start podcasts and they're just like, they can't, you know, they can't sustain it. The reality is, is that this is an education on wheels. Um, when I look at my podcasts and I go back to people that have been on this show, everybody from Ram Das to uh, you name it, Marshall Goldsmith, all of those people, Ken Blanchard, I learn from all of them no matter what it is. I learn personally, but I'm helping hundreds of thousands of other people learn by listening to audio, right? To say, okay, now it's in video because everybody wants to do video, but still primarily audio. And the point is you have this passion early on in life through college, went to Keller Williams, did, did these things, had this passion. And, and my sense is you're, you're not driven by money. You're driven by the, the ability to help others. You know, if you're in real estate, my son is, he's a very successful real estate broker. You have to want to help people find a home that they want to live in. First off, your client's more important, right? If you serve, help and serve people, you're going to be rewarded, right? So I, I commend you. That's what this little commentary is about, is commending you about your ability to want to educate yourself and then find these systems. Because most real estate brokers will go to the point where they're an individual agent, but they don't build an organization with 400 people. They maybe have two or three people behind them, right? Assistants, people running escrows, doing their paperwork for them or whatever. But to go from what you did to where you are today is really phenomenal. And yeah, so my you. question for you is this elite um, operating system or say organizational system that you've built. And I always think of EOS, you know, when I, I think of the, the, the acronym that Wickman built. Um, tell us about that structure, because, you know, you, you also talk about discipline, structure, and accountability. Those are like your three key words in, in the one, one of the areas were three key words in the book. So tell us how you've built this. How did you get from two to 400? Yeah, thank you. And and um, great, great question. So, you know, as you just said, you know, I've definitely had this, and I'm sure obviously many people listening in here and who, who subscribe to your podcast, you have this thirst for, for knowledge. And, and so I've, you know, listened to, you know, tons of books, hundreds of books on leadership and hundreds of books on management and hundreds of books on 
marketing and sales and execution and checklists and, and you name it, all the different things that are all equally, all, are all important, right? Are all important pieces to the puzzle. But what I find and where I think a lot of entrepreneurs really struggle is, you know, they'll, they'll read a book that says the key to success is leadership or the key to success is management. Or, the key to success is great content marketing. Or, the key to success is, you know, uh, checklists or, you know, and they put all this energy and effort around that one area of their business. And that's very hard, though, to, to, to if you put all your focus on one area to, to be able to grow and sustain, you know, growth over periods of time, because. Um, there's, there's many components that need to be working a part of one system, which is what our elite execution system uh, is about. And these components need to be working together as part of one system. Because if I have all the unlimited leads in the world, but I don't have enough salespeople to manage them, I don't have the operational support or the finances behind it, or you know, I have the best operational systems and SOPs and tools and technologies, but I don't have enough business or, you know, you, you can build one area of the business and, and, and leave the others behind and you're going to have an off balance business. And something but Don, I- you had that experience. You had the experience of growing too fast. And then people say, well, we grow too fast. And you have the, you even, I even remember it from the book, you can run out of money, right? Yeah. So money becomes an issue. Tell us about that time when you you know, you, you were a little challenged by how fast this was growing. Right. And it's like, how do you balance the speed at which you grow with the revenue that's coming in so that you can manage the growth? Because that's true, especially if you didn't go out and do an IPO and you didn't do an IPO. Right. So, you know, you have to really look at that very carefully. Where are you going to get those resources to grow? Exactly. And, you know, to, saying I like to remind myself is, you know, more companies die of indigestion than starvation, right? Mm-hmm. Growing, growing too fast. And, you know, the subtitle to, to my book, Building an Elite Organization, is the blueprint to scaling a high growth, high profit business. Mm-hmm. And in today's world, especially the world of real estate, when you hear all these tech companies, right, these open doors and Zillow's and, and all these companies, it's it that's a very different model, right? To grow when profit doesn't matter, when it's just about scale. Most of us don't live in the world where we can grow a business that profit doesn't matter, right? Um, so growing a business that not only can grow sustainably while staying profitable is not an easy, not an easy thing to do. Uh, well, you don't have a free revenue model. Exactly. You, well, not like a Netflix, right? Right. The guy was on this morning. The stock went up $73 a share this morning. And with Tesla has gone up 800 and something dollars. But when you look at a, a model like, like Netflix, they call it free revenue. They basically are saying the more people we can add, the reality is there isn't any more cost to adding those people right. to the system. But that's not true in your business. Okay. There's a cost to do this, right? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Great, great, great point. Um, yeah. So we unfortunately don't have that type of model and we've we've had to grow uh, and, and grow you know, consistently and profitably. And I'm proud to say, you know, this is year 15. Every single year for the past 15 years, we've grown by at least uh, 60, six zero percent every single year. I read that. Um, I was just like blown away. Couldn't yeah, believe they, it. You know, we'll never be. So we've been Fortune five, or we've been Inc. five thousand for eight straight years. Uh, this will be our ninth straight year. Uh, we've been between three hundred and fifty percent to four hundred and seventy-five percent three-year growth, which is how Inc. five thousand measures you every three-year period for the past fifteen years. Any any three years you pick, that's what our growth was: three hundred fifty to five hundred percent. We'll never probably. Inc. 500 or, or Inc. highest we've been is 800. We'll never be the fastest growing company because we'll never grow by you know 10,000 percent in, in right. three years. 
but we're able to maintain this consistency because of the disciplined way that we go about growing. And that disciplined way is what you referenced earlier, these four quadrants of, of, of a business. I think of them as you have strategy, right. you have people, you have operations, and you have acceleration. Acceleration mm-hmm. is sales and marketing. Mm-hmm. And those four quadrants have to grow together a part of one plan. Um, in, in unison, if you want to be able to grow sustainably over a long period of time profitably. And that's you know how I think about it. I think of the definition, you know, Jim Collins, when he studies companies in good to great, great by choice, looking at a company that able to grow over 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, 100 years and maintain, you know, greatness. And I think that's something every business aspires to be able to do, um, but very few are able to do it. I want to maintain consistent growth year after year after year. Um, especially in a changing environment. And, and we've done it as we've changed geographically, gone through multiple market cycles, expanded our business into multiple different business lines by having a very disciplined approach. You know, I think about it and I, this is stolen right from Jim Collins. You know, you need disciplined thought, disciplined people and disciplined action. How and much have you, how much have you raised Don, in actual capital that has gone into real estate? So obviously uh, people heard my introduction. How much? A little over a billion dollars. Okay, so a billion dollars—that's a lot. And I think you, you know, to do this, you got to have like the north star. You call it the compass, the elite compass tool. Um, this assists—you know—I want you to tell the listeners about how important your mission, your vision, your values, and your purpose is. And in the process of that, let's add in there the BHAG. Because if you have a big, hairy, audacious goal, when I do my consulting, we always get into this. Uh, people, many people don't even know what it is, right? Yeah. So you've always had this BHAG and it's always been something that's been a bit out of reach. Yeah. Um, obviously you got to reach for the stars for that, but you've been really clear about, you know, everywhere on your website, you know, this is our vision. This is our mission. This is our, these are our values. This is what we stand for. And I think a lot of companies miss that. And I think it's extremely important because it's what drives the energy internally, intrinsically within the people that work for you, your key players, you call them the A players, because that's what drives A players, okay, Um, is to know a company has that. Um, Tell us a little bit about that, what your Compass Elite Compass tool is. I've downloaded all of your PDFs, so um, I get it. Um, But my point is my listeners don't. Yeah, uh, thank you, Greg. And yeah, you can go to dlpelite.com and, and, and download those free tool, tools that Greg's referencing. So our Elite Compass is, is laying out the, the direction to where we're going. And it starts with laying out, as, as Greg said, you know, our core values, our purpose, our mission, and our, and our BHAG, and then breaking it down into understanding who our client is, what our brand promises are, what our strengths, our weaknesses are, and then breaking it down further into, you know, what are we aiming to look like as an organization? How are we going to measure that, you know, three years from now, what we call our three-year aim. And then kind of where the rubber meets the road, then once you kind of know where you're going is what we call the one-year bullseye. Right. So we really have very clear uh, priorities across the four quadrants of strategy, people, operation, and acceleration for the very next year. And then we take massive action towards those goals. And we break it down even further into uh, using tools like Rocks, which are your 90-day priorities, and tools like Wigs, which are your wildly important goals, to help us uh, accomplish these goals uh, uh, efficiently and effectively and get engagement throughout the organization. We like to say we accomplish more every 90 days than our competition acquire, uh, accomplishes all year long. 
Um, and it doesn't just happen by accident. It happens by having, as you said, you know, very, very clear goals. And then as an organization, we say our secret weapon is the 20 mile march. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the disciplined control of our activities that drive results every day. And, and that's, and I think of the 20 mile march as, as kind of the organizational grit and, and for individuals within our organization, we focus on them as each having their own, you know, long-term goals and then applying uh, grit, passion, perseverance towards those goals uh, day in and day out, knowing where you're moving towards and a way to track that you're making progress towards those goals, I believe is not only the key to success, but it's also the key to fulfillment. Um, so our core values, you know, we have 10 of them and you can you know, look at them on, on dlplead.com or on our main website, dlprealestate.com, but they really drive who we are at our core, the types of people we're hiring and we're attracting and and, and the types of clients as well that we're, we're doing business with um, and, you know, really our, our overarching, you know, principles. Then we have our purpose, which is uh, dream, live, prosper, which is what DLP stands for, dream, right. live, prosper, passionately creating prosperity for uh, foreign and from real estate or through innovative real estate solutions. And, and so that passionately creating prosperity uh, essentially through, through real estate is, is what our, our, our purpose is. And that's, as you said, you know, not being motivated by money, but about, you know, doing good. That's that's what, what I'm passionate about is achieving that purpose, the, the impact we're able to have and passionately creating prosperity um, through through real estate. And for us, that mainly revolves around the world of impacting the 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 epidemic, the crisis of workforce housing, the affordability and workforce housing is really right. what the overarching focus of, of everything. But you you invest a lot in B-class housing, which is we what we would call workforce housing. And of that billion dollar portfolio, what percentage is in a B uh, category? So almost 100% of what we invest in as a owner and we invest as a lender and an equity partner with other operators, almost all of it, 98% of it is in, in the world of workforce housing. And as we like define it. it is, is we look for housing that is affordable, meaning our rents are less than 30% of the uh, area market income, the AMI, the average market income. And we want to make sure that our, our units are, our, our housing is affordable for the local workforce. Um, right. And so we're serving, you know, the doctors and, or, I'm sorry, the nurses and uh, teachers and social servants. And so for the work workforce within that local community and keeping our properties affordable. So we focus on uh, improving, preserving, and creating workforce housing that's affordable. Well, you provide a, a really important element of what we need in society and, you know, housing right now with the fact that, you know, we're going to see a $1.9 trillion additional bump in landlords not being paid right now, maybe because, you know, we've gone on suspension until we can kind of get through this COVID thing. But you're in the market to continue to help uh, propel that forward regardless. And even during these times, it's very commendable uh, that you're doing that. And I, and I want to talk a minute about, you know, these players that you get. You know, you find, develop, and keep rock stars. Um, and they have to be on a team. So first off, when people talk about this area of um, human resource development, they're like, hey, the hardest part is I can't find the people anymore. Um, and then when I do find them, I've got to develop them. Um, and then three, 
uh, they have to become, we have to identify them as rock stars, the, the ones that are the shining stars that are the leading examples. How do you find them? How do you help them evolve? And how do you keep them uh, through the incentive of the kind of pay you have, uh, the kind of plans you put together, all of those kind of things? Yeah, awesome question. Probably my favorite topic. But before I answer that question, specifically, Greg, I just want to answer one last part of your last question because I want to make uh, your listenership the first group uh, that hears our new BHAG um, externally here. We just announced this formally internally just this past Friday that our new BHAG, our updated BHAG, is, uh, is achieving Fortune 500 status through positively impacting 1 million lives through providing or 5 million lives through providing 500,000 solutions uh, for and from real estate. Um, and uh, that's a big step up from our that's, current BHAG, yeah. which is positively impacting. You're saying life. Fortune 500, not Fortune 5000. So that means you're moving up 90%. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So that's a big number. And regardless of yeah. how much you know what it means to hit Fortune 500, we all know that that means that's a, that's a big successful company. It's It's big. Uh, and yeah. is that a one-year goal? No, it's not a one-year goal. So, it's a seven-year uh, goal. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, right now, the track we're, we're conservatively on, and we'll hit there by 2035. We think we'll get there faster, but it's going to take a lot of a lot of time, effort, and a lot of people we're going to have to impact and help to, to get there internally and externally, um, which is a, a great you know lead into your question there of, of, of you know, having the right, we call them rock star A players. And right. that's what's going to define the success of an organization is your ability, as you said, Greg, to attract, develop, and retain and retain the best people. And and when I you know talk with and consult with um, you know entrepreneurs and, and executives and business owners, the number one challenge by most business owners, I should rephrase that, the number one challenge for all business owners, not all of them realize it or, or not. So either they 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 know it's their number one challenge or they're they're confused and they that what they think is their number one challenge is just a symptom of their actual number one challenge, which is they need more great people. Right. When I when I talk to people, you know, everybody has an excuse says, "Oh, you can't find great people anymore. There's nobody out there. These kids today don't want to work. Um, oh, I'm a small business. I can't afford the best people. I'm in a small market. Everybody's got a million excuses to why they they haven't been able to find the right people. And and then when I when I sit down and talk with them, say, "Well, what are you doing to find the best people?" very seldom is there any real plan or action in place. They just think that because they're around and they have a website that people should just knock on their door and I'm surprised that the best people don't just show up ready to work, right? Right. Every business spends a lot of time and effort and every successful business in marketing and sales and attracting clients. They don't spend 1% of that amount of time in attracting people to come work for the organization. And it's, it's no different. You have to put in the time and effort and energy to attract the best people. And what's great today, if you, if you invest in, in building a great company is the best people, um, you know, want to work for great companies. They want to work for a company that has a clear purpose, has a clear mission, has, has uh, values that they, that they are aligned with. Um, so those are, you know, first baselines is, is, is having a clear purpose and direction and, and having an organization that people are going to be excited to work for. Uh, then it's about going out there and finding people. So our number one place that we you know, doing the basics. So making sure you have a glass door account and your company looks good, making sure you're posting any jobs you're hiring for on your own website, on your own social media platforms, making your clients, your, your uh, sphere of influence, your employees know what you're looking to hire for, very clearly articulating the roles you're looking to fill. 
Um, and that's often where I actually, where the rubber uh, meets the road and where the problem starts is I talk to people, say, oh, I really need great people. All right, what are you looking for? Well, I need somebody who can do operations. Okay, well, what do you want that person to actually do? Right. And we have a tool we use, and we use this as a starting point before we are any role. We call it roles, responsibilities, expectations, and key numbers, R-R-E-K for mm-hmm. short, which we clearly identify what's the role that we're trying to fill. And to find that, we like to say it in a superhero format, you know, really exciting, um, you know, kind of the, the example I always use is it, you talk to one, if you went and talk to two people who have the same job and you talk to the first guy and you say, what do you do for a living? He says, my job is to keep the city safe and clean so kids can play, right? And you talk to the next guy and you say, what do you do for a living? He says, I pick up trash, right? Right. They're both doing the same job, but it's a different perspective to how they do the job. So we want to define that role in the in that first description, then list out what are the responsibilities, the tasks of that person every day, and then the expectations, the results. What is that person, if they're successful in that job, what are they going to achieve, right? And so we take the time to define that up front, um, then put create an attractive job ad. So if you go on our website, you can see our job ads. They don't, they're not screening tools like everybody else that says, you need 10 years experience, a master's degree, you need this, you need that. No, we're talking about why, who we're looking for and why they'd want to work here, making it exciting and attractive to want to come here and want exciting and attractive for them to do the research, to look at our Glassdoor account, to read about our core values, to want to apply and come work here. Well, you're um, looking for the same kind of people that have vision like you, right? In other words, you know, that story you just told, it's 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 kind of been told before about the bricklayer, right? right? Remember that one? Yep. So exactly. there's a guy that builds a brick. You ask him what he's doing. You got to ask the next guy and he says, well, I'm building a wall. Yep. And you ask the third guy and he says, what are you doing? And he says, I'm building a cathedral, right? So it, it, the perspective from which they're coming, you want to find people that want to build cathedrals, yep. uh, that want to build cathedrals for you and help you. And, you know, within that compensation system, uh, I know a lot of companies go to ESOPs, employee stock ownership plans. Yep. They try and do other things. So it, you, this is a, what were you going to say? Yeah, so so I just had a couple couple points points are really fast. So you know, so we focus heavily on core values. I focus a lot on driven for greatness, which is people who seek knowledge, who are curious, who want to learn. We focus a lot on grit. Focus a lot on positive enthusiasm, and, and kind of the best way I like to think about attracting people and finding people who are fit for your values and your culture is Howard Schultz was in a in an interview, uh, you know, founder of Starbucks, you know, many years ago, and he was asked, well, how do you get people at Starbucks to smile so much? He said, well, it's really simple. I hire people that like to smile. And I think it's the best way to think about attracting the right people is I'm not going to hire somebody and get them to like to smile or or to change who they are. I'm going to hire people who have those values and put them in an environment and a culture where they're going to be able to to thrive. And well, you, you've done that, you know, and this book, you now everywhere along the line, as I've been listening to you, I hear some of things that, you know, kind of you picked up from Gina Wickman, uh, the rock analogy, you know, how you do these things. But the thing is, I'm telling my listeners, if you go get this book, it's like the culmination of all these great things that Don has put together. And he just didn't piecemeal them together, very thoughtfully put together a system here, a program you could use. So this book can be really useful. It's 274 pages. It is a bit longer read. But the point is, is that you go to the website and you download these sheets that'll help you and become a member, by the way, we're going to, you know, you're going to go to DLP elite 
com, And there you're going to see some of the things that he's doing and go to the resource section and hit the resource button. And in that resource section, when you sign up, they will send you uh, the access to all of the tools that he's using that he's done in 15 years to build a 400 person organization. Um, so now kind of a summary question here, kind of sum up the whole interview, you know, in building an elite organization, it's filled with great advice, a lot of reference books, uh, to read a lot of things to study. You give references to um, uh, the the manifesto checklist. You give references to all kinds of great books. Jim Collins, they're all in there. You've read them all. And many of my listeners may have read some of them, but I would recommend that you go through that book and highlight what Don's reading because it's successful. If you were to leave our listeners with some sound advice, three things um, that you would tell them about this book and what it can help them with, and also what other book or books would you have them read first, even after they buy your book? So let's say they buy your book, and then there's a few other books you're saying, if there was one book I would have you read that's not my book, here's a book I'd have you read. So what's the three things of advice you'd give them, and what is the one book you'd have them read that isn't your book? All right. Um, so that's, I'll start with the, the, the kind of summary or advice on the, the takeaways on the book. So as, as Greg, you've done a great job at describing, you know, the, the book, again, the subtitle is a blueprint to scaling a high growth, high profit business. And that's really what it is. It's, it's a blueprint. It's a step-by-step process. There's very little that's theoretical. It's very uh, much uh, application. Mm-hmm. And then as, as Greg mentioned, we provide you with all the actual exact free tools and references of, uh, that are, that we actually use to run the system, um, and then uh, we have some cool things that you'll see on, depending on when you log on to go to the um, some more tools and courses and, and complimentary podcasts, different things that'll help you implement it. And then also in, in uh, Q2, we're launching dlptools.com, um, which, which you'll be able to find right on DLP Elite, which is the technology that we actually run the system on now. Today. Uh, so you're going to have a, you're going to have a software system. Yeah. So the software is live. We're running it in our organization today and we have a number of uh, companies on a pilot with us right now, but we'll be launching that fully here shortly, which may have a journal. Easy. You have a journal coming up. I, yep, when's the have, journal yep, going to release? Yep. In, in, in March, uh, along with the formal launch here of the, the book, we'll be able to find it on audible. And Amazon and and uh, everywhere else, you'll also be able to find the complimentary elite journal that goes with the book, helping you kind of implement the disciplined approach and implement these tools into your personal life. But for each of your team members to implement these, uh, your employees and implement these, the discipline and structure. I just want to add though, Don, and not to interrupt, but, but yeah, the thing is, is that you've got a membership. You, I mean, for people out there, go there, check it out. He's got a, a, a program coming up in March down in Florida. So go there and look at the events. But the most important thing is, is that even if you never went to those events, you could sign up as a member, right? You could, you could become a member where you can get all the access to this. There's going to be a package that I'm sure you're going to have, right? Yep, absolutely. Okay. So we're rolling out a lot of different components to help with the implementation and help make it easy to put this into action because this is not meant to be theory. It's not meant to be a book where you get you know, one good idea that you'll find a way to incorporate in your business. It's really meant to be an operating system to run your business on um, and, and take all these great ideas of many of these amazing thought leaders, but apply uh, custom tools that have actually been built to run uh, entrepreneurial business on in today's environment. Um, and, uh, uh, you'll, you'll get tremendous value. And it's a book that you'll want to listen to. I recorded the audible version myself, which, 
uh, was an interesting, fun experience, yeah. uh, uh, yeah. but it helped you better fully understand if you do listen to it, because I listen to almost everything via Audible. I have a hard time reading hard books, but this will be a book that you're going to want, you know, the hard copy of and be able to highlight and reference. Yeah. It's yeah. very much uh, uh, about application. But as you said, we tell a lot of stories and a lot of references throughout that help you to really understand how to put it into action. If you can't walk away with each chapter of being able to put something in action, uh, we fail. We, we failed. And, and, and No, you didn't. No, I... I... I went through there thoroughly. The other thing is the worksheets are great. Um, the other thing is, is that his other side of the business, which is the real estate, uh, we need to make mention of because the reality is, is that um, that's where you can. Um, we recently had Justin Donald on here, which is one of Bo's buddies talking about lifestyle investor. Yes. You know, J- Justin is part of your group. So anybody who listened to his podcast, because we had tons of downloads of that. Um, he's invested in Don's real estate investment. So go yep. check that out um, uh, as, as well. And we'll put a link uh, to the real estate side in the blog as well to look at. So what's the book you're going to tell them to get? So I've been thinking about that in the back of my mind. So you said <laughs> it, and, and I'm going to uh, have to, uh, I'm going to have to give more than one because. Uh, okay. I, I know it's hard. As I so, reference many in the so book. So give me three. All right, I'll give you three. So first, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, combine two into in the one to, to narrow it to three. So first, I'll talk Jim Collins. I'm a huge Jim Collins fan. I'd highly recommend Turning the Flywheel, which is a little um, tiny book, an hour and a half listen, but it's really strategy in in an hour and a half. I mean, it could be an entire MBA program. Um, in this one tiny little book where he summarizes all of his theory and all of his concepts of all of his books into one tiny little, I think he calls it a monogram. Um, but then the, the larger book I'd recommend for Jim Collins, um, which is where our concept you'll read in the book, we have a whole chapter on the 20 mile march is from is great by choice, which is his follow on to his most famous book, good to great. Mm-hmm. So turning the flywheel and great by choice. You can't go wrong with either of those Jim Collins. Um, uh, second, I'd recommend is is uh, is on leadership, and uh, be it, there's a million great books out there on leadership. John Maxwell, John Maxwell, Five Levels of Leadership, I believe, is the best book on leadership. Um, I would highly recommend if you're looking for a, a great book on leadership. There's so many out there, and I could recommend 50 good ones. Um, Five Levels of Leadership, in my opinion, is the best. And then the last book I'll recommend is is uh, a really powerful one, and, and actually the gentleman who wrote the foreword. Uh, it's my book, uh, wrote uh, Hal Elrod, um, The Miracle Morning. Um, and I think of The Miracle Morning as kind of a, the individual application to building an elite organization. It's about putting the discipline structure in place in, in running your, your life and, and maximizing your life is very similar to the, the structure and systems we put into running a great company and, and building an elite organization. Three great books. Uh, we will have links to those as well into this blog for all the listeners um, Don, it's been a pleasure having you on Inside Personal Growth, spending the last 40, 45 minutes talking about your new book. Um, and, and I think more importantly, the systems that you've created, I think it's important. And in building an elite organization, you know, uh, all these tools that Don has provided to our listeners for free. I mean, just go up there, click, give me your email address. Um, you don't have to join anything. You don't have to do anything. It's literally, he's trying to help you grow your business uh, and do it in a very, uh, how do you want to call, uh, sequential way with systems and procedures that he's learned and he's 
he's put all this in 274 pages, which really is is pretty phenomenal when you think about it, because you can buy leadership books alone that are 274 pages. Yet now you've got this full-on design with all these techniques and things that you can use to put into your business. Don, a pleasure having you on. Thanks so much. Um, I thank you for giving the listeners really quite an education in a short period of time about how you went from nothing to something, but more importantly, how you've now put that all out there at no cost for people to be able to do it other than the cost of the book. Um, And for that, we're going to put a link to his book on Amazon. We'll put a link to his website, um, but but we'll put a link to the book that's, that's on Amazon. And as he said, it's audio. So you'll be able to get the, uh, the audio version of the book. Uh, So really cool. Anything else? Thank you, Greg. Truly a pleasure. Thanks to everybody who took the time to listen and uh, looking forward to uh, hearing many success stories of people scaling uh, elite organizations. I appreciate you. Appreciate what you're doing. Say hi to Bo for me. Take (laughs) care.